Hey, thanks for joining us for the Hemisync podcast. Our guest today is Russ Hudson. Over the last three decades, Russ has established himself as one of the top teachers and developers of the Enneagram personality typology in the world today. He's been writing and teaching full-time with the Enneagram Institute, as well as on his own since 1991, and has co-authored with Don Richard Riso five best-selling books on the subject, including The Wisdom of the Enneagram and Personality Types. These books are widely considered to be not only groundbreaking contributions in the field of Enneagram studies, but also important contributions to the literature of psychological type and have been translated into French, German, Italian, Spanish, and many others, with more on the way. They are the best-selling Enneagram books in their respective countries. Russ worked with Don Riso for several years to develop a scientifically validated test instrument, the Riso-Hudson Enneagram Type Indicator, or R-H-E-T-I, now considered a standard test in the Enneagram field. The RHETI has been used by Fortune 500 companies, including Amico, AT&T, DuPont, Motorola, General Motors, Prudential Insurance, and Sony. Actively involved in the Enneagram community, Russ is the founder and president of Russ Hudson Consulting and is the co-founder of the Enneagram Institute, as well as a founding director and former vice president of the International Enneagram Association, a global organization advancing knowledge of the subject. He holds a degree in East Asian Studies from Columbia University in New York, from which he graduated Phi Beta Kappa. Here is Russ Hudson. So Russ, thanks for joining us. Um, and so, you know, we're having this conversation at a time when the Enneagram has really entered popular consciousness um, kind of mainly as a life hacking tool for strivers and professional types. And I, I'm just curious, what's it like for you as a person who has spent 30 years studying this, teaching it, writing about it, and kind of all its various depths and facets to see this happening? Well, it's it's surprising, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and actually I've been teaching it 30 years. I've been studying it for between 40 and 50, so a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, when I first was doing it many years ago, I was uh, working with Don Richard Riso. I met him after he wrote his first book, Personality Types. And, you know, people would ask me what I do for a living, and it was very difficult to answer that question in any kind of a soundbite because uh, no one had heard of this. But nowadays, uh, I can just say, yeah, I teach the Enneagram. Oh, yeah, that's that typing, that's that test thing or whatever their perception is. Yeah. But it's been amazing to see how quickly it's been spreading these days. We used to say over and over, oh, I think the Enneagram might break out this year. But <laughs> the last few years, it really did. Yeah, I mean, it's almost turned into kind of like a Myers-Briggs type, you know, personality type thing. But it goes so much deeper than that. Um, right. And so first, like, what would you ascribe this newfound popularity to? Is there any one thing you can point at? Well, I think some of it is it's just been around a long time you know it's mm -hmm. long enough for it to have some credibility and legs like if it was a fly-by-night thing it probably would have vanished um you know would have peaked and left but it just keeps growing i think that's part of it part of it is it's become very popular with uh coaches life coaches mm -hmm. professional coaches it's really helpful for people in the coaching profession but also i think uh the other big factor was people in mainstream religions started to discover it. So here in North America, for example, there's a lot of 
Christians, evangelicals even, who have discovered it, that it's very helpful. And I teach over in the Middle East in many uh, kind of more contemporary uh, uh, people living in the in the Muslim world also are really embracing it and finding it very helpful. So I think it's just a critical mass thing, perhaps, because it's in a number of different markets these days. You know, yeah. a lot of people are finding out about it. That's interesting. I, I was actually not aware of um, religious folks kind of adopting this. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of previously, like it's it sort of reminded me of the trend in, you know, quote unquote, mindfulness practice where secular types, corporate types, performance types have sort of co-opted meditation and I guess really sort of pasana practice to make it into like a productivity tool. Yeah. Um, like, so what are your general feelings about that? Do you, do you, do you think that it's that the increased notoriety helps or does it present certain problems as well? Well, as you're saying, Garrett, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Um, on the one hand, uh, I think as it goes out in those ways where it's being framed in a more practical way, where some of the deeper elements of it aren't exactly front and center, uh, I think it's it's helping people who are primed or maybe ready in their life for a deeper dive to go, hey, wait a minute, there's something more to this. Now, I would say the same about mindfulness. I mean, it's, <laughs> I almost don't use that term anymore because it has been so co-opted and a lot of people don't quite understand it. I don't think you can go to a, a three-hour presentation in a corporation and figure out what mindfulness is. Right. But it's a, it's a long journey to discover what mindfulness is. Nonetheless, right. some of the people in those corporate programs are going to get touched by it. Mm-hmm. We're all human beings. And as such, they're going to say, hey, there's something more to this. And they're going to want to go on to the next level. And mm-hmm. so from that point of view, I think it's okay. And it's sort of inevitable, don't you think? That's just yeah. human nature. Uh, Mr. Gurdjieff, the guy who we'll talk about, who originally brought the Enneagram, used to say, there are always those who will steal crumbs from the table. <laughs> Meaning people will just take little dribs and drabs of a teaching that they, they can make some uh, uh, yeah. with and, and they run with it. Gurdjieff had a, had a bunch of great quotes. I think one of my favorites is, uh, man loves his sleep. Yes. Um, and his good. suffering. And his suffering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we'll get more into that too. So you, uh, so now that we've touched upon Gurdjieff, can you tell us a little bit about where we think the Enneagram comes from? Yeah, sure. Well, it's it's kind of complicated because it isn't from one source. Mm-hmm. Uh, the modern Enneagram movement, such as it is, is sort of an amalgam, uh, a synthesis of several different streams. Now, in great antiquity, they may have been more integrated than they were for a long time. But one element of it is the symbol, uh, which has a, a tremendous pedigree and is based in various ideas from the Western spiritual hermetic tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but the typology is another stream. And uh, it was Gurdjieff who brought the symbol into the awareness of the modern world, along with some of the deeper ideas behind it, the idea of the centers, the idea of presence, the idea of of the transformation of the human psyche along certain lines, the whole basic core and raison d'etre of of the Enneagram. However, uh, the typology was not anything Gurdjieff was really teaching. He did have a type system, but he didn't connect it with the Enneagram symbol. Hmm. 
So that was Oscar Ichazo mm-hmm. who, who brought that forth a, little, a bit later and, uh, and was the one who really looked at how these different uh, perspectives, patterns, type perspectives sit around that symbol and how they relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Um, and so can we talk a bit about um, just some of the various um, basic concepts behind the, the, the Enneagram in terms of uh, the types, the personalities, uh, the, the structures, ego deficiency, and kind of how it sets up the nine types? Sure. Uh, well, you know, basically the, the premise behind the Enneagram, which is pretty fundamental in any real spiritual tradition is that human beings have layers. (laughs) We have outermost layers. We have innermost layers. And in our outer layers, we are run by what in this work is called personality, or we might say nowadays ego, our ego patterns, which are largely programmed, imprinted in us, uh, acquired through our families, through our culture, through our history, through school, all kinds of things, Uh, stuff we do to be cool, all of that, you know, and and that's a lot of human life, but there's a deeper part to, to humanity that the Enneagram uh, speaks to, which in this work we call essence Mm -hmm. and essence is based in what in psychology we would call temperament that we're born endowed with certain characteristics, certain uh, tendencies certain capacities and gifts too. Mm-hmm. So in in the traditions behind this, the idea was to sort of liberate that essential nature from its, the ways it's obscured by yeah. the problems of personality so right. that our gifts can more freely flow in the world. So that's the whole basic thrust of it. And uh, however, sometimes as you were pointing out in the way it's talked about in modern times, people don't even mention the essential part of it. It's just right. here's the different kinds of personalities and great, right. where do you go with that? Right. And so that is kind of like the pop culture approach to this. So like here are the right. personality types, here's how you hack it or work with it. Right. Um, and, but, re- yeah. but Yeah, but really you're saying the personality types are covering up something more essential um, that is really kind of our true nature, our true talent, our true ability. Yes, yes um, that's right. And so is it worth maybe talking about some of the personality types now so folks can maybe get a sense for what we're talking about in more concrete fashion and maybe even recognize themselves and some of what we're reviewing here? Yes. Well, sure. Uh, There's different sequences, orders you can go in, but I historically have started with point eight and go around the circle of the Enneagram. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other people do it different ways. Uh, but but just looking at them, each of them begins with a gift. And then as we develop an ego pattern, our direct experience of that gift diminishes and it turns into some kind of reactive pattern. Mm-hmm. And so uh, starting with, with point eight, and the reason I start with point eight is <laughs> instead of point one, is that eight, nine, and one, all three of them refer to body intelligence, kinesthetic mm. intelligence, gut intelligence, and the possibilities and distortions of that. So eight is about how, when we're more present, we feel more alive. Mm. We feel more vivid. We feel more confident, empowered, um, like we can take our place in the world. We have a voice. Mm-hmm. And so that's beautiful. That's part of the gift of it. 
Mm-hmm. And it gives us natural leadership capacities, a lot of really great stuff. But as we lose the sense of that, the direct experience of it, as we lose presence and awareness, lose mindfulness, so to speak, and get caught in our personality, it turns into trying to control everything, yeah. trying to be the boss of everything, trying to also sort of armor ourselves. Because without that confidence, we feel like life is going to come get us. Mm-hmm. And so we better have some good walls up. Yep. And uh, so that's that's point eight. Um, and so, you know, approximately a ninth of human beings, that will be their main thing. It doesn't mean they're only that. And that's right. an important thing to say. And we don't learn this so we can just go around acting like our type. We learn it so that we can see the box we've unwittingly put ourselves in and how to open to a, a broader range of human capacities. Right. So that's a great point. So people tend to have one type that predominates. But right. most folks are working more than one type. Yeah, that's it, it's just common sense, really. But mm-hmm. you, one of them is like the root of your ego ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's what's running the show more than anything else. And it doesn't mean, again, the other stuff isn't there. But if you can find the root, it's, yeah. it's a much quicker road to liberation and inner freedom than messing around with the details forever and ever. Right. Cool. So um, should we move around the... Enneagram to maybe a different corner and give people a different flavor for some different sure. types. Sure. Where would you like to go? Uh, well, let's see. So I am an eight, so that kind of vibe with me. Um, maybe like uh hmm, maybe like a two. Sure. Twos was good contrast, good pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, two is we're we're sliding around the bend here. Mm-hmm. And Two, three, and four all have to do with the capacities of the heart. Mm-hmm. And doesn't mean they're more heartful necessarily, but it means their gifts are more naturally related to the heart. And it also means that their troubles, their difficulties are around these ego structures that arise around heart issues. Mm-hmm. So the, the two is the part of us that when we're present, we feel heartfully connected with everyone. Like mm-hmm. if I'm with you, I feel connected on a heart level. Mm. There's this beautiful sense of boundaries relaxing. Uh, we feel more loved. We feel more loving. We mm. feel more of the warmth of reality. And, you know, of course, we might feel that with a friend, with a loved one. We can feel this with an animal. It's a fun and like our, our cute dog comes and is looking at us because we're having a bad day. We just, oh, we feel that connection. But you can have this even on your own. You could be out in the middle of the woods or on a mountaintop or on the beach or something. Mm-hmm. And just it's the feeling that presence, reality has a loving and holding quality to it. Mm-hmm. It helps us relax. Like we're not going to really let down our guard very much if we don't feel there's something benevolent uh, in our presence. And that's what two brings is have kind, loving kindness, uh-huh. heart connecting quality, which is. That sounds great. So, yeah, who who doesn't like yeah. that? Right? And, so, and that's, that's the gift of two. Yeah. Now, the problem is when we lose presence, we lose the sense that that's around or available. So mm-hmm. the little two ego says, well, darn, I'm going to have to take over that job. Yep. Make sure everybody gets loved, everybody gets cared for, all needs are attended to. And then I become kind of codependent, actually, where mm-hmm. I'm always taking care of everybody else except who? Me. Mm. And and I become 
caught in a pattern of thinking it's my job to make sure everybody's okay mm. while neglecting myself. Now, of course, if you do that long enough, you might have some underlying resentments, yeah. <laughs> difficult feelings about that. They have to get stuffed down so you can be a, a kind and loving person all the time. But uh, there's there's a whole journey in each of these of going back to where we left, where we essentially abandoned ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So twos tend to be very generous with themselves, you know, with their time, with their feelings and including their bodies. So like, I think it's funny to like kind of put this in like real world terms. So like groupies often tend to be twos, right? Well, that's, that's one type that could yeah. be that they could be all sorts of things. And there's different uh, complexities to the Enneagram, which we don't mm-hmm. really have time to get into, but well, it can be channeled through three different kind of instinctual drives of, yeah. uh, self-preservation let me take care of your your physical needs make you mm-hmm. fed hold your your sexual needs and then you yeah. got groupie or your social needs let me talk to the boss on your behalf right so let's uh, go back to the boss so uh, type 8 was the boss and this is a good opportunity to talk about um mistyping as well yeah. so lots of folks who um think they're eights are actually sixes right so let's talk yeah. about sixes <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because you see people try to type by traits. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm I'm a I'm a boss, I'm a, a leader, therefore it must be eight. No, they're the leaders right. of all nine types. Mm. More US presidents have been point nine than any other type. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so and and we might think uh, the fours, they're the creative type, so it must be a four. No, all nine types can be creative. All nine mm-hmm. points have creativity in them. Uh, six, sixes are interesting because they often look like a lot of other types. And sixes are act, often the the last one to figure out I'm a six is me. Like everybody <laughs> has my number, but I'm because uh-huh. this the when six is about the head center, uh-huh. and six is about the capacity to recognize what's actually here now, what's taking place in and around me, to meet all that with awareness. It means six is really the mindfulness type. Mm. Six is about the natural capacity to pay attention, to be aware of things, to be uh, on top of what's happening and to attend to what's happening. Mm -hmm. Something needs my attention, I'm on it. That needs my attention, I'm on it. Now that's a beautiful capacity and where would we humans be without it and Mm -hmm. sometimes that entails taking leadership positions Mm. somebody has to step up to the plate here i don't really want to but i will Mm. however when we lose that direct capacity the feeling of having to deal with everything is as comes along with a feeling of overwhelm like reality's coming at me and I'm having to deal with it all the time. So it produces a, an underlying affect of anxiety of, uh, of I'm the only one who's just trying to keep all the holes in the dike plugged. I'm yeah. trying to keep everything afloat and I'm stressed and I'm overworked. And I tend to try to deal with problems by thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Like what could go wrong with my job? What could go wrong with my marriage? What could go wrong with this country, et cetera? Yep. And so I'm thinking about that so that if any of that happens, I can deal with it. But the net effect is that my mind is filled with problems. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like my life is nothing but a bunch of difficulties when in fact it may be by any normal human standards going just fine, but mm-hmm. doesn't feel that way to me. Gotcha. So 
there's that under it's the way we just live in this very stressed out way gotcha interesting um good so let's talk a bit about the way out like how do we use the enneagram to transform well that is very interesting and there are you know different questions mm -hmm. the enneagram was originally a tool of self-awareness for people who were in contemplative practices the typology mm -hmm. had its roots in egypt mm -hmm. it was not originally coming from sufis necessarily but much earlier mm -hmm. and one of the sources was early christian monasticism where they were looking at what caused us to disconnect from presence mm -hmm. or in their terminology to forget the presence of god mm -hmm. you know, in the, the more really religious and spiritual language but so the Enneagram begins with self-observation based in some presence, meaning some kinesthetic awareness. I'm sensing myself. I'm aware of my breath. Some emotional intelligence, meaning I'm meeting whatever happens with patience, kindness, mm -hmm. some of holding and uh, a mental mindfulness or awareness in that I'm not forming an opinion about it ah. I'm curious I'm, I'm interested i'm curious what is this why am i thinking that why do i do it that way but again that curiosity works when it's connected with the heart and the body when you bring all that together first thing is you observe the pattern ah uh -huh. this pattern keeps coming up again and again and again that's why people are trying to find their type and they're just reading some description well you know i like jeeps therefore i must be a this no, that's not where you're going to find it. It's in observing these deeper patterns that usually run a little bit beneath the level of our normal awareness. Mm -hmm. but once you see that and you become aware of that pattern, you become aware of deeper emotions, difficulties that are related to the perceived loss of essence. Mm -hmm. that, that how I lost my soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a sense that goes back to very early in our childhood of being disconnected from, in a sense, the best part of us. And there are various psychological patterns that come up, but mostly you, you run into a kind of um, a headwind of emotional, uh, challenging emotions, I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. And as you go through that, even to a kind of uh, inner emptiness, a kind of stillness, but through that stillness, we rediscover the qualities that we thought were lost. And mm -hmm. it's not a one-shot deal. It's something you go back and forth on, you know, hundreds if not thousands of times. But gradually there's like a shift in the balance where we don't exactly get rid of the personality, right. but the personality takes its proper place and our essence is more liberated to be where we live our lives from. That's a great way to put it. So I think a lot of people who have concepts of enlightenment or realization, think of the ego or the personality as something that they're going to get rid of. Right. Um, and that's not what happens, is it? it just no, kind of, no. I, I, yeah. I get, I'm, I've been in this again, way too long. I yeah. watch various, you know, gurus proclaiming mm -hmm. that they're beyond ego. And right. then you have to ask who is the one that's beyond the ego? Yeah. Right? What does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, there's some good parts to ego. Like, you know, we acquire language, and yeah. culture from our our civilization. I don't want to have to learn to speak English all over again. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so right. there, there's elements, but it's more what happens actually 
is not so much that we get rid of ego, but our sense of identity shifts away from it. Ego is just stuff that happens in our mind. It's just activities in our emotions, our mind, our postures, and our body, and they get loosened up yeah. and freed. But it's more that the, the seat of our identity, what, what we're saying I to, shifts out of those patterns and into something deeper. That's what uh-huh. I would Beautiful. Um, so one thing that I was curious about that you mentioned earlier is you talked about the types of the presidents. Like, how, how were the presidents typed? Well, you know, we're just taking guesses. We're taking stats. Okay. But when you when you read the writings of these Memoirs. people, you look at how uh, they lived. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of clear that you know, LBJ was probably not a two. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's probably not. You can it's limit eight, right? a few things and yeah, yeah. he was probably an eight, an eight but yeah. there, there are uh, just his mannerisms his his writings his thinking mm-hmm. and you you can if you study the life of a person to look at the trajectory of their growth or their downfall yeah there's often a, a, a story in there the mm-hmm. themes of the rising and falling of our consciousness in relation to the gifts of our type are the the stuff of myth of of storytelling of mm-hmm. a lot of people in hollywood screenwriters and actors and directors are using the enneagram to create more believable and helpful story arcs mm. that that's that's very interesting um so as you go back to kind of the type nine and the presidents, is there anything about type nine that you think lends itself to becoming president or a person yeah. that stature? Yeah. Nines have a capacity to project goodwill. Mm. And they also are known for not playing favorites so easily. They're fair. Mm. They, they can hear both sides of an argument and give everybody a fair shake. Mm. Uh, Don Riso, my, uh, writing partner for many years passed away. Uh, she was almost 10 years ago next week. Uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he called the nine, the peacemaker uh-huh. using the name from, uh, the beatitudes. Uh, but, uh, you know, Helen Palmer called this point, the mediator, similar idea. And I think it's that thus people trust that this person's not going to rip me off. So yeah. if you're looking for someone to run an organization or a, a government agency or a country, right. They nines have a way of winning trust. Yeah. People think that they're down to earth, sensible and essentially fair, kind people. So people put their trust in them. Uh huh. Interesting that that doesn't always happen though. No, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> it's just that perception. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, cool. So you've got a course coming up. It's a nine-month course called Keys yes. to the Enneagram Series, uh, which are offering kind of through Diamond Approach. Can you tell us a little bit about how all of what we've talked about today relates to that? Sure. Well, um, just a little personal history. I yeah. started off uh, in my journey in the Gurdjieff work. And so mm. I was studying under people who lived with Gurdjieff. I, I didn't, it was not speculation. So mm. I got the kind of direct transmission of that. But at a certain point, that teaching ran its course with me. I'd been in it 15 years. And then I met Almas, uh, who we, in the, whose actual name is Hamid Ali. And uh, I sort of realized that he was working along similar lines to what I wanted to be doing. Mm. And Outside of the Enneagram, he was presenting an approach to inner work that was utterly congruent to what 
uh, Don Riso and I had come to as the necessary journey, let's say, for the transformation of the types. So in this course, um, I'll be working with my friend and colleague, Sandra Maitri, who is a teacher within the Diamond Heart School, but is also really one of the great Enneagram experts in the world at this point. Yes, she is. And I would say that she and I are known for two of the go-to people if you want to know about the deeper spirituality behind the system. And and so we've known each other and had conversations and been very friendly for a long time. And uh, so now through the school, we're going to be doing this nine-month course on what we talked about a little bit here. You found out your point. Good. Mm -hmm. What? How do you, how does that knowledge become a transformational vehicle for you. And that's what we're going to be focusing on using yeah. some of the tools and methodology of the diamond heart school. And uh, with me bringing in a little bit from my Gurdjieff background too. Yeah. Um, and then we get to play and see what happens. I'm very excited about it. I think it's the first time Sandra and I have really had a chance to do a teaching together and we're both uh, delighted to be able to do it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So I was in a group that was led by Sandra for many years. Um, just kind of my own personal plug here. I mean, you, Russ Hudson, Sandra Maitre, and Hamid Ali, like to me, are the three greatest living experts on the Enneagram. So if folks want to really learn more about this and get deep into it, uh, this is a golden opportunity. Um, so that course starts September 10th, right? Yes. Yes, awesome. I believe so. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, anything else you'd like to leave folks with? Any parting thoughts? Well, just to say that um, if you found the Enneagram, amazing, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get so hung up on just being a type. As yeah. we, that's that's a starting point. That's the entryway into the system. But um, if you really want to take the full ride, uh, you might come join us for this course. But remember that it it's showing you what you take yourself to be, not who or what you actually are, which is generally speaking, a mystery beyond easy classification. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wish you all a, a gorgeous journey in discovering more and more about that mystery of who and what you are. Beautiful. Thank you, Russ. Uh, so folks, if you enjoyed this, um, please give it a like, share it up. Um, you can uh, also leave a comment uh, depending on the platform and we'll try to respond. You can find Russ at russhudson.com um, uh, and you're also connected with the Enneagram Institute, which uh, where you're president emeritus. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Russ. Thank you, Garrett. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Likewise.